So how often do you feel like you just have to step in to fix problems in your business? You know, if you don't, things are just going to go to a hell in a handcart. Well, tune into today's podcast because we're going to talk about how being a control freak, which might be you, can actually damage your business. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Profitable Tradie Podcast, where we talk about hands-on strategies that you can use in your plumbing, electrical, or similar service business to make more money, get some time back, and make your business less reliant on you. Hope you enjoy, and don't forget to follow. Hey, I'm your host, Tony Fraser-Jones. Welcome to the Profitable Tradie Podcast. I'm here with my sidekick, Phil Smith, Philip Smith, Mr. Smith. Cheers, mate. What do you do here, mate? Uh, Well, I'm the COO. So what does that even mean? Well, it means I, I sit in my office, drink coffee, twiddle my thumbs, play music. Sometimes I even pretend to work. That uh, makes a lot of <laughs> sense. Um, anyhow, what does CO actually stand for? Uh, Chief Operating Officer. So right. yeah, basically get get things done, mate. That's the one. So um, we're talking about control freaks today. So uh, Chief. Yeah. Well, what I mean, reckon? I think the thing is, is this. This whole podcast episode is really us, two control freaks, talking about how to not be control freaks. So it should be interesting. Kind of ironic, really. Yeah, kind of ironic. But uh, hey, I suppose, look, control is vital in business. And I think the big thing is, you know, as we've talked about in the past, it's a continuum. So it's all about, you know, talking about being the right type of control in your business and being down the right end of that uh, that continuum so that you're actually not halting things because, um, honestly, poorly performing trades businesses are often run by control freaks. So, yeah, let's, Sad but true. Let's crack this nut right open. Yeah, let's get into it. Um, control freaks, it's, uh, it's a bit of a problem. Bit of uh, a problem. And the fact, like you said, is actually you do need to be a little bit of a control freak to run a successful business, but if you're a complete control freak, it's going to like make life pretty damn tough. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. And I mean, I think we all struggle with this, don't we? Like, you know, anyone who's a, a leader is always going to have a, a certain element of wanting to be in control. Uh, there's probably a certain amount of the control which has actually got you the success you've got. Um, but it's learning your know, when to actually pull back and and not be such a control freak and, and allow, you know, your team to do their job the right way. That's when you can really take off. So 100%. So it should be a should be a good episode. Yeah, we'll get into it. Yeah, yeah. I know you've had a bit of experience with control freaks in the past. So, uh, well, not personal, not not me, of course. Right, right. Um, anyhow, yeah, I do. I have a story. Go on then. Yeah, we do stories here. You always have good stories. Yeah. So, um, this is a story about a boss of mine, Mike Fadford. Fadford Madrid. Madrid. Yeah, got it. Not his real name. Sure. Um, so this isn't a past life. Actually, I used to do some projects for um, like. Um, computer projects and stuff, helping build computer systems. It feels like a long time ago, and it is. Yeah. Um, I mean, listeners, I'm sure you can picture Tony uh, as a computer nerd sitting there working away on his laptop. I saw the light pretty quick, I can tell you. <laughs> Just about destroyed my will to live. But anyhow, so um, this project, we were building a computer system for a um, for a courts system, collecting fines uh, for people who hadn't paid their fines. And um, this guy, Mike Fadford, <laughs> Madrid, Madrid, um, not his real name. Uh, he was um, he was the project manager, and when I first got on the project, he was actually a super nice guy, like pretty quiet, seemed quite friendly, um, and uh, you know, kind of liked him. But after about two or three weeks, I realised something about him. Uh, he was an absolute control freak. Now, this I reckon there's two types of control freaks. There's like the um, the in your face ones, like uh, pound the fist and yell and scream like lunatics. Um, 
Those ones? Yeah, those ones. Yep, no. Yep. Yep, cool. Yep. They, they, they're here. And yep. then these other ones are like the passive-aggressive kind of weirdly um, just sort of hang around and, I don't know, they just like cling everywhere. Oh, they're the he, worst. He was more like that. So Honestly, passive-aggressive. I'd, I'd probably rather someone just yell at me. Uh, those passive-aggressive ones are definitely hard to deal with. So I reckon about every seven minutes he would stand behind my desk and say, how are you going with this? And the first few times you're like, oh, he's just checking in to see how I'm going. But after like the 27th time, you're like, actually, this guy is like crazy. He's yeah. a total control freak. Uh, and yeah, always checking in, uh, drove you insane. It, it, it gets to the point where you just want to tell him to go jump in the lake. You're like, you just want to tell him to stuff off. Yeah. Uh, and you kind of do that under your breath. Probably with, is stuff a four-letter word? No, it's a five-letter word, isn't it? Maybe some other four-letter words anyway. You but can spell it incorrectly if you want, you, you just could. to make it four. That's right, yeah, yeah. S-T-U-F. That'll work. That'll, that'll yeah. work? Cool. Still sounds right. Yep, okay. So he was that kind of control freak and absolutely just did my head in and did the whole team's head in yeah. uh, as well. So uh, it's pretty damaging when you've got someone like that who's, you know, yeah, always in your face. Oh, it's Not terrible. fun. How you going with that? How you going with that? You just yep. want to say, hey, you know what? I'd be going a lot better if you just bugger yeah, off. Yeah, mate. like I'd be finished yeah. ten times quick if you didn't ask me all the time and interrupt me. So I've already spent fifty minutes out of this hour um, yeah, telling you how I'm going, flaming questions, hundred yeah. percent. So, yeah, that's uh, that's my experience of the passive control freak. Yeah, yeah, and I suppose we've all had the you know the other end as well. Um, the person who comes in, you need to be doing this, you need to be doing that, and the whole time again you're thinking or maybe saying under your breath, mate, I am doing that. I've actually finished that. I've got it done, but they're so busy uh, barking orders, um, trying to keep you in check. Well, hundred um, percent. Or they actually just jump in. And they're like, "Hey, get out of the way! I'll, fi- I'll finish this." Oh, look, you've done this wrong. Oh, and they're like, you know, kind of all definitely hot, hot air and steam and stuff. And definitely, um, you end up thinking like, "I'm not really sure why you're paying me, seeing as <laughs> you just do my job for me." Look, I'm glad you are paying me. Yeah, it's but, like uh, I don't, don't, I don't you, know why. Yeah, you don't need my brain. You just need my arms and my legs because clearly you don't want me to use my brain. Yeah, uh, yeah, so so well, big. all my arms on my legs. You just want me to sit here like a torso, right. a torso. Yeah, great highest torsos. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, hey mate, what are the big problems we deal with with these control freaks? Because I mean, this does manifest in a lot of different ways, yeah. and it has a lot of consequences. So, yeah. what are the biggest ones that we've seen? I think the first thing, uh, if you're if you're you know have a, a plumbing or electrical business or whatever trade business you have, service business, is. Um, it actually means overwhelm for you as a business owner because you have to be across everything all of the time. That You're kind of driven to just know what's going on with everything all of the time. And if you don't, you feel you feel kind of out of control yourself. Yeah, uh, for so, sure. So being a control freak is actually about trying to keep things in control or make yourself feel like you're in control. Um, so I think you get pretty angry and frustrated Definitely. with others. Mm. Uh, so if you are a control freak, you probably find that you're it's kind of easy for you to kick off at others. Mm. You get very, very angry. You typically get really anxious as well, so you, you you have a lot of anxiety because you're trying to control everything, but frankly, you can't. Yeah. And so yeah. that creates a lot of anxiety. Well, it definitely like it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy too. Like if I'm checking in all the time, trying to be in control and make sure people are on track, actually I'm making them off track, and then I start realising they're off track, and I don't realise it's me making them off track, and then I'm like, see, it was so lucky I jumped in because they were getting nothing done. And it's yeah. like, you're the problem, mate. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah, was yeah. you. Yeah, it's um, yeah, 100%. Like, you, you do create a self-fulfilling prophecy. And what you also find is you probably find, as a person, if you're a control freak, you feel grumpy a lot of the time. You feel grumpy, and you're actually not that much fun to be around. 
Yeah, uh, because 100%. you're putting off this kind of negative vibe, um, and you may not even realise it. Yeah, for sure. Um, but everyone else realises that you're grumpy. Yeah, that's right. They do. They <laughs> definitely do. And I think that the big thing is, and this is critical for team, because if you want to have a great business and you want to have time, money, and freedom, well, team is is the key to success because that's how you can leverage your efforts. You know, you can get more done with the same amount of effort. So if you if you are a control freak, you're going to have a team of of tradespeople, and even if you have people in your office, uh, they're never going to really develop into high performers because you don't let them. Yeah, definitely. You basically rob them of the opportunity of growing and learning. Yeah. Because you step in whenever there's a problem uh, and you don't allow them to make mistakes and develop. And I know mistakes, they're painful, right? Yeah. You know, it's your money uh, for job. Uh, if there's a mistake or there's some rework or a callback or a client's let down or, you know, someone uh, forgets to check something and you've got to go back and, um, you know, fix the, fix stuff, That's it sucks. Yeah, that's right. But the best way that people learn is by mistakes. And I think as a business owner, we've typically made a bunch more mistakes than most and that's why we're more experienced. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I think like this one's actually really quite close to home for me in, in a bunch of ways. But one way that this really came in my life was um, – and like people listening might know that I spent a bit of time in France. Um, and, you know, I think the biggest thing with control and people trying to control a situation is that it doesn't allow the other person to grow past the point where you want to be in control. So how it happened for me in France was when I was trying to learn French, uh, I got to a point where I, I moved to France. I didn't know anything. I couldn't speak French at all. Within about two or three months, I could easily hold basic conversation uh, you know, quite, quite well. Um, and what I found was you get to a point where you're actually good enough that you don't get the conversation off track. And so people stop correcting you because they just want the, the, you know, the conversation, conversation to continue. Um, but actually I'm probably saying a bunch of stuff wrong, but they can understand me good enough. So they stop helping or they stop actually saying, Hey, that's wrong or this is wrong. Cause they just want to control the conversation and get on with their part and what they wanted to say. Um, but it meant that I stopped developing. So I probably got to a point really quick where I was, you know, fluent enough to speak, but probably never got much better than that. Um, and it's because I was always being saved by the fact that the person could understand me. And it's the same in someone's business, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you always jump in and save someone at a point where you're like, okay, yeah, they've, they've got it halfway there, now I'm just going to go in and finish it off, they'll never learn that last bit. Um, so it's the same on the tools, it's the same in the office, it's the same with teaching people to manage other people. Yeah. If you're always saving that last bit because you want to be in control, they'll never learn that last bit and actually be able to take initiative and take stuff truly off your hands. And so, again, it, it perpetuates, right? Yeah, and and um, for those of you listening, Phil was playing professional rugby in France. Maybe the fact that you stopped learning French might have something to more to do with the head knocks, mate. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm just putting it out there. Um yeah, but, fair enough. Yeah, but um, yeah, what you're saying is definitely definitely true. Um, it is a self-fulfilling prophecy, and if you don't trust them to stand up, they're never actually going to be able to get across everything and make sure it's done right. Because, well, how will they? They won't. They can't have a chance. I mean, yeah. you know, being a, a, a craftsperson or a, a tradesperson is a kinetic, like it's hands-on. So you yeah. have to actually learn by doing. That's right. And, that's, and when that's, you learn by doing, you make mistakes. It's, yep. it's inevitable. Yep. And so if you're never allowed to make those mistakes because someone has to be in control of it. You actually never allowed the opportunity to learn and improve, and and like you said, it's a it's a like it's a continuum. We can't let things be out of control because that's going to damage your business for sure as well. Uh, so it's finding the, the the like the the sweet spot of where you've got control, but you actually allowing people to grow as well. That's it. And I think the benefits when you learn to let go of being a control freak, 
and, and don't get me wrong, you've got to keep control, obviously. Um, just try not to be a control freak. Is actually there is less stress and anxiety because you you you're building trust that other people can do stuff. Uh, you get a stronger team because the team is basically you know they're sharpening themselves by yeah. doing stuff. Yeah. Your business can grow. Life's a lot more fun, and um, you learn a bunch of new skills around how, how to actually lead and manage people, and that's the real key to success: is being good at leading and managing people. Hundred uh, percent. And um, look, I've I, I've heard it said a lot of times: if you want to grow a business, you can't keep control of everything. Mm. Because, well, there's only so much you can control. Yeah, well, that's right. That's it. You can only have your fingers in so many pies. That's right. (laughs) Pies, yeah. A lot of people, they should stick to eating them, not putting their fingers in them. Anyway, what's the solution here, man? What do we need to do? Well, I think, like, one of the biggest things that we need to do first is actually to confront the fact that you might actually be a control freak. Like, if you really have a good look in the mirror, um, you know, if you ask anyone, hey, are you a control freak? They're like, no, no. You know, but if you can have a good look in the mirror and think, hey, maybe I am doing this, maybe this is me, um, then you can actually tackle it because you, you can't fix a problem that you won't admit exists. Yeah. So I think that's definitely step one. Um, and there's some pretty clear signs, right? Yeah. So, so I mean, if you, there's some signs that you can control for. And I think uh, if, you, if you find it really difficult to delegate, like if you try and do everything yourself, probably you're a control freak. So yeah. that's one thing. I think if everything has to be on on your schedule, like you're really inflexible and everything has to be done when you when you want it and when you need it, maybe that's a sign that you you know you've got some control freak tendencies. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you're a perfectionist, I mean, I'm guilty as charged here. This has been like a flipping. It's been real hard for me, um, uh, right through my life, like trying to get things perfect. But if you if you want things to be perfect, and uh, like this is the challenge for a lot of lot of um, People listening, if you are a craftsperson, you're like you're a highly qualified and skilled uh, tradesperson, you're probably pretty good at doing stuff to a high standard. Yeah. Uh, and that there's a flip side to that, though. Um, you might be a perfectionist. Maybe you're going too far. Maybe that last 5% of the job to make it absolutely perfect is the part that's actually, you know, it's actually not worth it. Yeah. Because it's already excellent. For sure, for sure. So I think being a perfectionist, if you're really moody, you know, if you if you're really moody as a person, that can be a sign that you're a perfectionist because you're always trying to control stuff and it takes a heck of a lot of energy. So I think that's that's definitely a sign. Um, this is a big one. If you're constantly disappointed by the performance of other people, yeah, yeah, uh, that's I think huge. That's a huge one. That's that's probably a tell that um, maybe actually, if you look at it in the cold light of day, you're being a little bit unreasonable. Yeah, um, totally. So, so that that's. Um, micromanagement, like if you find yourself micromanaging, if you've got to give all the details, you've got to check all the time, you're probably a control freak. Probably. Probably. Yeah. Um, judge other people's behaviour. I mean, that's a bit like being disappointed by, by performance, so you're always judging someone's behaviour, mm. sort of judging attitude. Um, definitely something I struggle with. Uh, Phil might have a few comments on that. Maybe we <laughs> won't go there. Uh, is, um, is a sign that you can be a control freak. And I think criticism if you find yourself constantly criticizing people, maybe it's people in your team or your clients or your partner or your kids or whatever, um, maybe you are a little bit of a control freak as well. So those yeah. are probably some things. I don't know if you can think of any others, but they they tend to be the things that mark out you know, people being control freaks. Definitely. And I think, like, look, this manifests a little bit differently for everybody. I've, um, I've learned over time that my biggest control freak tendency is 
I tend to look at someone else's work and think, oh, why didn't they do it this way? Or, man, I would have done it so much better like this. And it's actually taken me a long time to realise um, it's actually just because maybe I like doing that task. And so when I see someone else do it, I actually feel a little bit of... Um, a little bit of loss, like, oh, I wish I'd done that. Like, I, I really like doing that. Like, I reckon I could have done a great job of that. And um, and so it can be difficult to, you know, separate the fact that it's like, actually, I just feel nostalgia over a task I used to do or I really, something I enjoy that now someone else is responsible for. Um, and actually, they didn't do a bad job. I shouldn't be criticizing it. I shouldn't even be thinking badly of it. This is all just stemming from a place of me feeling loss over the fact that I don't do that anymore myself. Uh, so I think, you know, that this can really come up for, for different people in, in different ways. I think that's a huge one because as a, it depends where you're at with your business. No, I mean, some, some people um, who are listening will be still really stuck in the, on the tools out in the field, maybe one or two person operations. Some will have five or six, some might have 10 or 15 or 20 or 50 team members. So it, it does vary. But as you go from being the person doing the work, that's kind of like your identity. That's you get a lot of importance out of doing a good job, and when you're actually taken out of that, you can feel a bit of a loss. Yeah, um, for sure. So I think that was that was um, that was a good point. Yeah, mate. Yeah, CEO. Mate. Follow a few of these. See why you're the chief. <laughs> um, I liked it. Yeah, yeah, and like that can come up in lots of ways. I mean, even you know maybe there's a new way of doing. So I find this all the time with technology, right? Uh, and I'm sure that you know listeners will feel the same. New technology comes up. There's an easier way of doing something now, and you look at it and you think, ah, people don't do that the way they used to. You know, like back in my day, we used to do it this old school way, and I just feel like it was so much better done. And you know, people are cutting corners these days with this technology, and it's it's actually just you need to let go of the fact that you don't do that anymore, man. And that's that's not the way anymore. Things have moved on. Um, you know, don't feel hurt because your way is antiquated. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not about that. Uh, it's not worse because it's new. Uh, it's not worse because you didn't do it. It's, it's just different. Yeah, 100%. Um, and if you still got the job done, you still got the job done. That's all that matters. Yeah. So, yeah. So what about when we find these out? Like if you, if you identify your control freak tendencies, um, you know, what do we do now? Yeah, like, like you said, the first thing I think definitely is to, is to is self-knowledge, self-awareness, and all change comes from, you know, the truth. So we have to be really honest with ourselves and say, hey, look, are we actually a control freak? And and look, we've talked about it being a continuum and we've got to sort of make the decision is that, well, are we too far up the controlling end, which is actually damaging the growth of our business and the growth of our team and causing me a lot of stress and anxiety. So um, so that's the, th- the first thing. The second thing is I think if you're a control freak, you tend to be someone who's tapped out. You find it really hard to rest because frankly, you don't trust other people to do the job. You know, that's at the end of the day and you think you can do it better. Yeah. Um, and that causes a lot of burnout, and it and what happens then is, uh, when you're in that sort of manic burnout phase, trying to phase, trying to juggle all the balls, you actually get worse. Yeah, you become more unreasonable because you can't think straight, and you get grumpier, and that kind of um, control freak tendency gets worse. Yeah, I certainly know for me, and you could probably comment on this possibly. <laughs> um, you know, if you're grumpy, you tend to be a bit more of a dick. Basically, and you, you, you try and take over. So, I think the first thing is to is to is to think about rest as recovery. Yeah. So, uh, rather than just thinking, "Hey, I've got to push on and you know hold things tighter to make sure they get done," have a rest and think of that as a as recovery for yourself, so that you can actually take a step back and get a bit of perspective. Definitely, and rest is not weakness. What what do we talk about? You rest need, ethic makes work ethic yeah, re- sustainable. Yeah, rest that's, ethic makes work ethic sustainable. So, I think rest is you know stepping back is really important. 
Um, and the next thing is is like some wiring in your brain. Like this, uh, you got to reframe the negativity inside your brain. So rather than sort of saying or thinking to yourself, you know, what if they mess this up? Or what if they never do it properly? Or, you know, what if the client hates the job? Which is often that little program that's running in your head when you're thinking about this. You might you might even might not even be conscious, but there's a subconscious thing going on all the time. And basically it's you know, what if they mess it up? What if it's not right? Let's reframe that and say, well, what if my team never learned to stand on their own two feet? Yeah. Or even, you know, another way to reframe it is and I get this all the time is, you know, hey, what if they mess this up? I'd ask you, well, what if they don't? Well, that's a good question. You know? Yeah. What if, what if they don't? What if they never mess it up? What if that just happens like clockwork? Um, it's a pretty great feeling, and I'm sure you know listeners out there will have experienced this, or hopefully if you haven't, maybe you will sometime soon, mm-hmm. is um, yeah, when you see a payment come through, you, know, you get a notification on your phone, new deposits being made into bank account, invoices being paid, and you're like looking at the name, and you're like, I don't remember that client. I never spoke to that person. I didn't even know we were doing that job. But, you know, everything right from start to finish, you know, there's been a lead, that lead's been closed, the job's been scheduled, everything's been ordered, the job's been executed, there was no complaints. In fact, you've got a nice happy review has popped up on your Facebook page and you have no clue what happened with that job. It just happened like clockwork. That's actually a great feeling, you know, and, and that's when the system has worked, start to finish. Like, everybody's played their role, they've done a great job, and, I mean, you could well have jumped in and just ruined that for everybody, with the thought of, hey, what if someone messes something up? But again, what if they don't? What if money just appears in your account? Everybody's happy. Things are working like clockwork, and you didn't even have to touch it. I think that's cool. I mean, how often do we talk with our members, and they've got huge smiling faces saying exactly what you've said, which is, hey, this job got done. I didn't even know about it. Yeah, it's a uh, great. That's feeling. amazing. It's, it's like, a really this is, cool. This feeling. is starting to feel like a business, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So, so I think the key thing there is to is to reframe the question. So rather than you know, what if it goes wrong? Well, what if it doesn't? What are the, what's the um, the upside of letting other people do the job? You know, what if the team never learned to stand on their own two feet? I'll be doing this forever. Yeah. What if they actually get the skills and I can you know step back and do some other stuff? So yeah. I think understanding the negativity and reframing it is huge. Next one is to build some really good systems. Uh, so this is key. So if you know you need control, and this is how we can keep control, uh, but not have to be a control freak, and that's getting the right systems in your business and processes. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, and train people to use them, obviously, as well. 100%. You know, like, so training people to use them, so that's your checklists, your scripts, templates, pricing systems, you know, mm. quote follow-ups, all of that sort of stuff, bid follow-ups. Yeah, gives hey, you that peace of mind yeah, that things will be done your way. Yeah. You know? yeah. And that's hard work, but it's better than having to control people all the time, like standing there next to them or sneaking up on them like Mike Fadford. <laughs> yeah, Jad, Jadrid. Jadrid, that, that fella. <laughs> uh, so systems are huge. The next thing is you got to keep numbers. So it's absolutely critical that you're understanding the financial numbers yeah, in your business because they are the outcomes. That's going to show you what's working and what's not working. 100%. That, that's at the end of the day as a business owner how you should be you know, judging success. What's happening in your profit and loss, your income statement. Got some KPIs for your teams, key performance indicators that you can track to see how they're going. Uh, and as long as they're hitting their targets, well, the details aren't actually as important. No. If they kind of being taken care of if the target's been hit. And Tony, this one for me is massive. Like, if you're struggling with letting go and you're struggling with, you know, wanting to have more control, uh, I think a lot of that often stems from a lack of transparency into how things are going. Like, think about Mike Bad, Badmid, whatever his name was. 
Uh, you know, the reason he's standing over your shoulder going, how are you going with that? How are you going with that? How are you going with that? Is because he desperately wants to know. Um, he actually doesn't want to screw you up. You know, like, but he just wants to know. He really just wants well, to know where you're Well, are you sure at. about that? Well, who knows? But I'm, I'm guessing if you yourself are listening to this and you're thinking, man, maybe I'm being a bit of a control freak, I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that you're not a bad person. You don't want to screw up your staff. You just want to know where things are at. And if there's not a way for you to easily see that without having to ask someone, you'll ask someone. Yep. And you'll ask and you'll ask and you'll ask and you'll want updates. But if you could be seeing that in you know some form of statistics or a dashboard or in KPI results or on your profit and loss, your income statement, you know, your balance sheet, wherever it may be, if you can see the results coming through and you can track where people are at with things without having to speak to them, it takes away all that anxiety of needing to know and needing to ask mm-hmm. and you're able to just let people get on with it, which is what we're talking about, right? 100%. 100%. That's killer. I mean, you've got to have transparency on the performance. 100%. Uh, and that's where numbers and KPIs and stuff come in. So yeah, I mean, we don't want to over control, but we do need to manage. Got to manage. Control. You need the you need the the you know the details. You need the the nitty gritty. Yeah, and that's the key to having a, a successful business that grows is you know growing, but with the amount of control that it doesn't get chaotic. Exactly, that, that's the key. So I think a big thing that's helped me a lot, and I and I see a lot for our business owners that we help, is to focus on excellence instead of perfection. So 100%. excellence, you know, is probably ninety percent. Ninety percent good is good. It's yeah. excellent. Yeah, that last ten percent perfection is what basically you know makes it super tough, and, and all the negative consequences come. So let's focus on excellence rather than perfection. Yeah, and let's get good at hiring the right people. That's another thing too. Look, some That's people, huge. some people, let's be honest, can't be delegated to. Yeah, and I think the big thing is like there's there's two parts. This number one is when you're hiring people. I think you really can look for um, for things that aren't always necessarily like a skill-based you know, test, but you can test people's ability to learn, you can test people's ability to be a fit with your values, uh, and you can test people's ability to you know, be a self-starter or, or take initiative. These are things you can test, and obviously we'll, we've dived into this in previous episodes, we'll do it again, I won't get too deep on it today, but I think it's really important that you look for these things in the hiring process, because then you can obviously strengthen those and rely on them later. They don't need to know everything now, but they need to be able to learn it and they need to be able to take initiative and self-start. And I think the other thing is, with this, it's not just hiring, it's how that comes through into your culture. Um, So I I just want to go on a limb here and say, I don't actually think there are that many bad employees. Um, Now, I know that might be controversial, that's uh, that's controversial, mate. I want to press one of these buttons, but I don't know which is the right one to push for that. What I'm getting at, though, is people don't wake up in the morning, look in the mirror, and go, "I can't wait to disappoint my boss today." No, they don't do that. No, you know, and they can't. They're not sitting there going, "I can't wait to suck." I can't wait to make mistakes. Can't I can't wait to, wait to be a pain in the ass. Yeah. You know, that, that's not what they're doing. They want to be great at their job. If they're great at their job, they get more opportunities, more money, more enjoyment. I mean, that's what they want. So I think the big thing is, it's like when you're getting these calls and you're feeling like you can't, you know, let people just do their job, you're feeling like you want to have control, you're feeling like you want to micromanage, it's probably because they don't take a lot of initiative. It's probably a big thing. But the thing is, when they're calling you and they're saying, hey boss, uh, I'm just in the middle of installing this X, Y, Z, and I'm just a bit stuck, what do you, What would you do? And then you're thinking, oh man, I really need to micromanage this guy, he just doesn't know, blah, blah. blah. They, don't, they don't actually not know, they're just asking for permission. They're scared to, to try something or scared to make a decision because they're scared of making the mistake and that's probably because of in previous experience you keep telling them You've off. You've been a control freak. Yeah, but if you're after that, you know, that excellence rather than the perfection, you've got to understand sometimes they will make a mistake. And so if in your culture, if you value taking initiative more than being perfect, 
then the way that'll manifest is if someone does make a mistake, you'll empathise. You'll be like, hey, mate, look, everyone makes mistakes. I make mistakes. Look, next time I would have done it like this. Well, if, and you'll, you you'll, you'll, you'll refer them and say, hey, man, great work on having a crack at it yourself. I really appreciate you doing that. Exactly. You know, and if they get it right, you'll say, hey, man, like that sounded like it was a really difficult job, but, you know, I can see that you took some initiative and did this. I really love that. And, again, if they make the mistake, don't rip them out for it. You know, praise them on having taken the initiative and then correct their behaviour for next time. Now, don't get me wrong. If they're making mistake after mistake yeah, after mistake, that's a different story. That's another episode, mate. Exactly. But I think, like, you do have to reinforce um, people taking initiative and learning and developing rather than reinforcing them not taking initiative by cracking down on every single mistake. Yeah. Laying down the law. I've heard that a few times. I've got to lay down the law. Got to lay well, down sometimes the law. you need to, but maybe not as often as you thought. Yeah, that's it. That's it. You got to let people do things their way sometimes. So, hundred percent. Right. Well, should we land this we plane? Land this plane. Well, I think that the key thing today is we've been talking about you know being a control freak, and if you really want a great team and a business that grows, it gives you time, money, and freedom. Uh, we need to learn to let go of that inner control freak. Otherwise, the business is going to be limited in its growth, and it's going to be uh, not fun for us. We're going to be grumpy, agitated, anxious, frustrated, and angry with where things are at. Uh, so I guess the question is, you know, for, for, the, for the listeners and the viewers today is, uh, how am I stopping my business growing by taking too much control? How am I stopping the people in my business growing and developing by, by taking too much control? And how can I build a better systems, a better processes, better numbers, so I can actually aim for excellence rather than perfection and keep a track on things? That's the key to success Nailed right it. there. Uh, so thanks for listening, team. Uh, Good, good uh, jamming today, mate. We'll catch yeah. you next time. And remember, perfection, that's the enemy of progress. Nailed it. Thanks for listening. Now, if you enjoyed the podcast, there's four ways we can help your business. Number one, grab a free copy of my book called The Profitable Trading. And it's at profitabletradybook.com forward slash podcast. Two, join my free Facebook group at profitabletrady.com forward slash group. Three, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just search Profitable Trady in the YouTube search bar. Or four, Book a free 15-minute phone call to find out about our coaching programs at profitabletrady.com forward slash podcast call. Or if you can't remember any of that, just check out the session notes.